0: Hello, and welcome back to Just Add Coffee, episode three. This one will be lighter than usual as far as the content is concerned and also more opinion based. I thought doing something kind of different would be fun. This episode's featured mug is a white false graph, and it says, I drink coffee for your protection. You might have seen it on my Instagram. It's super cute and also ridiculously accurate. You guys know me, I'm usually in a mood and that mood is definitely exacerbated by a lack of caffeine. So, the quickest way to my heart, a cute mug, preferably filled with coffee, honest and deep conversation with some dirty jokes mixed in, you know, in case anyone's interested. Disclaimer, I am not a mental health professional. I simply speak from my experiences and also research that I do on the topics I discuss. I'm also going to include a trigger warning. Some things that I talk about will be uncomfortable to hear as I do speak about things like mental health, abusive situations, codependency, narcissism, and all kinds of subject matter along those lines. To be perfectly candid with you all, I really wasn't so sure about making this particular episode. I wasn't certain if it was going to flow like my other content has. And the subject is still kind of outlandish to me. However, talking with a few different people over the span of the last week or so, this subject happened to come up organically in conversation. And that was all the affirmation I needed. Somebody out there needs to hear this. So, I'd like to go big and give my opinion on a topic that baffles a lot of us. Love. Well, okay, maybe it's more baffling when we're looking at it from a romantic standpoint, and definitely for those of us that have some unresolved trauma. Anyway, did you guys know that my name actually means worthy of love, or deserving of love, and the loved one? Well... That's as far as the Latin meaning is concerned, and um, Latin is a dead language, so some things are starting to make sense. I'd like to share with you a little life story, taking this one way back to my early 20s, and after a failed relationship, I was driving back home to California. At the time, I lived in Washington, and my grandparents lived in Oregon, so on the drive down, I decided to stop and stay with them for a few days because they are the best grandparents on the planet unfortunately my grandpa has since passed away it's been almost five years and i miss him dearly i often find myself thinking about the things he would say to me or what advice he'd be giving me at this point in life so this particular instance came to mind there i was standing at their front door sobbing my eyes out and my grandpa A six foot, burly, gregarious man with the most epic beard was standing at the front door. And as I fell into his arms, he looked at me and said, Why the fuck are you crying? Stop that. (laughs) If you knew my grandpa, that doesn't seem as harsh as it sounds, I promise. Naturally, I start chuckling and I look up at him and say, I know, okay, I'll knock it off. He then said, that's my girl. Welcome home, baby. Now get in the kitchen and help your grandma with dinner. (laughs) Once again, that probably makes more sense if you actually knew the man. But later that evening, we were sitting around and talking and I asked him, Grandpa, why doesn't he love me? So my grandpa asked me if I knew what love was. Yeah, of course. Sure I did. So I fired off a list. It's when someone tells you they love you. It's flutters in your stomach. It's the way someone looks at you. The way you look at them. It's a feeling. It's an emotion. And my grandpa, with all the wisdom in his eyes, looked up at me and he said, eh, Wrong. And I was extremely confused. And as I sat there looking at him, I'm sure with a furrowed brow and pursed lips, he told me, Love is what you do. To be perfectly honest, I had no idea what he meant until recently. Listen, I've spent an embarrassing amount of time with men who did not truly love me. I loved them, so naturally I did everything a good little codependent should do to try to make that relationship work. But to nobody's surprise, except maybe past me, it never worked. And it was after some serious soul searching... That my grandpa's words came ringing loudly in my ears love is what you do now today yes love is definitely in action it's not just words it's not promises made it's not that butterfly feeling you get deep in your gut when you clock some gorgeous eye candy from across the room because those butterflies my friends are simply just infatuation which also brings me to say that I don't believe in love at first sight. At least, not anymore. For all my fellow classic rock fans out there, there's a song by Extreme called More Than Words, and it's one of my favorites. So basically, the gist of the song is, yeah, tell me all day long you love me, but if you don't do anything to prove it, then how would I know? You know, the old cliche, actions speak louder than words. Anyway, if you've never heard it, go listen to it and the music video is amazing and one of my favorites to watch to this day. As a lot of you guys know, I recently scaled back on my social media usage and I was gone for about a month. I have since reactivated my accounts and I utilize TikTok and Instagram the most. So, if you are interested, here comes a shameless plug. My TikTok is just @coffee86 and my Insta is MamaBoss_underscore_LVF. underscore LVF. I digress. A therapist that I follow on TikTok posts a lot about narcissistic abusers and some of their inner workings. She said when it comes to narcs, replace the word love with the word use. So, I use you instead of I love you, and that hit me like a ton of bricks. It was so very fitting, and it made a lot of sense about the things that I've experienced. I mean, I had one of those cloud-breaking, sun shining down from the heaven, ah, epiphany kind of moments, yeah, because far too long I was used. I was just simply a supply. Manipulators are extremely skilled at making the things that they do and say look like love. It most assuredly is not. It's just straight up brainwashing. But knowing what I know now, it made me really take a look at what love is. And most importantly, self-love. What I will and will not tolerate from someone moving forward in my life it's a super harsh and very painful realization when you discover that you weren't actually loved by someone that you truly did. I mean, it flat out sucks, but there is beauty in that pain and there is healing when you sit with the ugly truth and do some deep digging and honest self-reflection. You will gain a whole different perspective on life and what it looks like moving forward. Now. I love love. I do. And surprisingly enough, I have not become totally cynical to the whole idea, but my views have changed substantially. There's a quote from Thema Davis. Your life will get better when you realize it's better to be alone than chase people who don't really care about you. And now I know that marriage is just not for me. It has literally just become a piece of paper and it's definitely no guarantee of love or that you'll even have a partner standing by your side until your dying day. I'm open to the idea of a partnership and someone that truly values me and cares for me. However, it's just not something I'm actively seeking at this juncture in life. And you know what? I'm totally okay with that and I never have been before. So call it a lesson learned. However you want to slice it, I will absolutely not chase a processed dead tree, nor another human being for my validation. I no longer choose to participate in a construct that society has built that says I'm only worthy if I'm in love or in a relationship. And that's not being bitter. That, my darlings, is a huge self-revelation. And you know what? It's extremely freeing. Have you guys heard of the five love languages? Have you read the book or do you know what your love language is? If not, I encourage you to do so. But when you take the quiz, you have to be 100% honest with yourself. I've taken it a few times in life and I decided to do so again recently. And it kind of surprised me. Did you know that your love language changes with age and also with relationship status? And I just want you guys to know, love languages don't pertain specifically to romantic relationships. It's just a tool to help you understand how you feel most loved and cared for. And it's always a bonus if you know someone else's love language. First, I'll list off the languages so you guys have a better understanding just in case you're not familiar. There's gifts, acts of service, words of affirmation, quality time, and physical touch. Now, before, my primary love language was quality time, secondary was physical touch, and third was words of affirmation. And I can tell you, as things have changed and evolved in my life, my love languages have also My primary language is still quality time, but acts of service is now secondary and physical touch comes in third. The first couple of times I took the quiz, I was in a relationship and I was in my mid to late twenties and now single and 34, it's interesting to me that things have changed, But it's also surprising to me that acts of service is still not my primary love language because by now I really thought it would be. They say weak people can't love strong people. They won't know what to do with them okay so the saying really goes a weak man can't love a strong woman he won't know what to do with her but I'm all about inclusivity here and I know that women can be just as malicious and stupid as men can and don't come at me for that one okay you know just as well as I do it's true love can look a lot different depending on the relationship and we all express love in different ways so has someone ever told you to drive safely or asked have you eaten today? Maybe they've asked, have you slept? And these small concerns for your well-being are a form of love. Someone that cares and wants to make sure you're at your best and taking care of yourself. And this brings me to an interesting theory from ancient Greece. They believed that there are eight levels of love. And I'd like to share those with you guys now. So first we have agape. And agape is an altruistic selfless, unconditional love. The Greeks actually thought it was quite radical, perhaps because so few seem capable of feeling agape long-term. Some people describe this as a type of spiritual love. For instance, Christians believe that Jesus exhibited this kind of love for all humans. He was selfless and he sacrificed himself so that others could be rid of sin. He suffered for the happiness of others. As far as agape is concerned in my life, I believe that I have this love for my children. Now, I'm not comparing myself to Jesus. I'm just saying that I love my offspring unconditionally. Then we have eros, romantic love. Eros is named after the Greek god of love and fertility. Therefore, this is usually associated with romantic, passionate, and physical love. It's an expression of sexual passion and desire. The Ancient Greeks were actually quite fearful of Eros. They thought that because human beings have an instinctual impulse to procreate that this love was so powerful it would just result in a loss of total control. Today people think that Eros burns hot and bright, but it burns out fast. It's me. I'm people. Then we have Philia. The Greeks define philia as affectionate love, so in other words, it's the kind of love that you can feel for your friends. Ironically, the Greeks thought this kind of love was even better than eros because it represented love between two people who consider themselves equal. While a lot of people associate the word love with just romance, Plato always argued that physical attraction wasn't necessary for love, hence why there are so many types. And this type in particular is often referred to as platonic love, so love without sexual acts or sexual attraction. And yes, opposite sex friendships exist on this plane. One of my very best friends is a dude and he is literally a bright spot in my life. Looking at you, Gingerhawk. Then we have Philotia, and this is self-love. In our modern day society, most people associate self-love with being narcissistic, selfish, and stuck on yourself. However, this is not what the ancient Greeks meant by self-love. Self-love is not negative nor unhealthy in any way. In fact, it's necessary in order to be able to give and receive love from others. We cannot give to others what we don't have, we just simply can't pour from an empty cup. And as the great RuPaul Charles says, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Another way to look at self-love is by thinking about it as self-compassion. Just as you might show affection and love for others, you must also show that same affection and love to yourself. Then we have storge, familiar love. This type of love looks and feels a lot like Filia, affectionate love, but this is more like a parent-child love. So just like philia, with storge there is no physical nor sexual attraction, but there is a strong bond and kinship between people. Then we have Pragma, enduring love. It's almost the exact opposite of Eros. Eros tends to burn out quickly because of its passion and intensity, but pragma is a love that has matured and developed over a long period of time. My grandparents definitely had pragma love, and it was something to behold. They were truly relationship goals. Now, pragma is unfortunately rare to find, especially these days. People seem to think the grass is always greener on the other side. Therefore, they don't have the patience nor the desire to watch their love grow over time. And this type of love, pragma, doesn't require a lot of effort in a relationship, so long as both people are willing to make compromises and also they put an equal amount of time to make the relationship work. Then we have ludus playful love. Maybe a better way to describe it is the feeling of infatuation in like the early honeymoon phase of a relationship. Studies show that when people are experiencing ludus, their brain is acting much like it does if one were on a stimulant. So your dopamine receptors and other pleasure centers in your brain light up and they activate just like someone who was high. So ludus makes you feel alive and excited. Here's a very fitting quote that I really like. The strongest drug that exists for a human is another human being. And that's from Ella Frank. And coming in at number eight, we have mania or obsessive love. Now, mania is usually not a good type of love because it is obsessive. It's the type of love that can lead someone into madness, or jealousy, and even rage. People who experience this type of love often suffer from low self-esteem, and they fear losing the object of their affection, so this fear compels them to say or do some insane things in order to keep them. And if not kept under control, mania can be very destructive in a lot of cases. Um, hello, stalkers. You guys, whatever type of love you desire, whatever type of love you have found, I hope you experience it in its fullest and most honest form. I'd love to know, what does love mean to you? Have you experienced any of the eight levels we talked about? What's your love language? I'm always up for discussion and I would love to hear from you. I really hope this episode reached somebody today and hopefully you heard something that really resonated or maybe you're sitting there and calling me jaded and out of my mind. (laughs) Either way, fine by me, but whatever love is, I hope you find it. I hope you have it. And I wish that it's genuine because we all need love to thrive And we're all absolutely deserving to be loved, whichever capacity we find it. And if nobody has told you lately, I love you. You are valid and you are worthy. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and I'll talk to you soon.